Hello, and welcome back to A Better World. This is your host, Mitchell J. Rabin, and I'm very glad you're joining us again today. We're running a little late today. I'm so sorry about that. I am actually at a retreat in all places, Jersey City, New Jersey, beautiful downtown New Jersey, Uh, and uh, I've just gotten a little delayed in getting to this radio show and all of you, so please accept my apologies, but I've been wanting to talk about today's subject for a while, and it's called Fact and Fiction, Finding Principle and Integrity in the Body... In the body, that's right. In the body politic and beyond. But yes, that indeed uh, roots itself in the body itself. That is our human experience through our body. Well, what the heck does all that mean? Well, I'll read the intro that I put into my newsletter. If you don't yet get this newsletter, please just simply visit www.abetterworld.tv and on the right-hand side, you will see the opportunity to sign up for the newsletter. That's abetterworld.tv. So, Mitchell Moi, as with so many others, has been alarmed and appalled at the degradation of discourse in this country, and in today's show, I will be reviewing what I see as the causes, yes, that's right, plural, causes of this, and the relationship that has been emerging between fact and fiction. There is no naivete here regarding the fact that governments and presidents have been lying for centuries and that this is not a new problem. But there is a level of scale and context for review. There is a horribly disrespectful undignified, in-the-face quality of it all today, which is accompanied with a shamelessness and an impunity that is an effort to move us from brain to brawn, when indeed we have would have way preferred going at this point in time and our historical, uh, <laughs> um, based on our history as a species from brawn to brain. And when there is a level of hubris as demonstrated in the current administration, it, not money, trickles down and causes serious harm. A study shows that Trump lies on the average of once every three minutes of his talking time. His identity, one may think, is so shaken, he is close to being publicly found out that the line between true and false is completely blurred, even in his own mind, unable to distinguish, which means, among so many other reasons, he is wholly unfit and unqualified for being present. <clears throat> yes, indeed. But in, in a sense, that's just the tip of the iceberg. We give great, great credence to the role of president of the United States. Some people say it's president of the world because of the uh, type of power that the United States overall has in the world uh, scene, political, economic, and of course, military scene. But, uh, you know, upon closer examination, we see that he is really much of a figurehead, and some of them are easy uh, going, and others are defiant. He's more defiant. I've got no general problem with being defiant in the face of the money powers that be that do most of the dictating of what will be going on in this world, but uh, 
there are ways of doing so with integrity and based on principle and values far beyond anything we see in this current presidency. But I just want to first bring forth to you all that, uh, and I know I have people listening from different parts of the world and everyone as far as I know, and please, if I am incorrect, uh, shoot me an email. Let me know what you think about that. That's at mjr at abetterworld.net mjr at abetterworld.net <clears throat> that I am mistaken. But uh, based on the data that I have at my disposal, it does definitely appear that uh, the current occupant of the White House, number one, got there through illegitimate means, through the menacing actions of Russia and perhaps other countries as well, but Russia for sure. And even though I do not take stock in all that is said at all by our various intelligence agencies, there is a concurrence among 17 of them that there was not meddling, but outright manipulation of that shows up in many ways of media, of social media, of lies that are propounded and put forth of all sorts. There is disinformation purposely spread about uh, Trump's opponent, uh, about Hillary Clinton, and she is her own manufacturing machine for disinformation. Don't get me wrong. In no way was I for her in 2016. That's not the point of this conversation. And nonsense occurs on both sides of these parties. <clears throat> Make no mistake. It's not one is golden and the other is dark. Uh-uh. They're both lousy. <laughs> it's a matter of which is kind of doing most of the manipulation and uh, in what ways. It's a, a very case-specific kind of thing. Manipulating elections is probably one of the lowest blows uh, a party can can deal to the nation because uh, voting is considered the sanctioned part of our democracy. And to fuss with that is to cause trouble. And it can very, very definitively be said that the Republican Party as a party has been mussing and fussing and suppressing and oppressing the vote for many decades, if not centuries, certainly decades. And that's traceable and trackable and there's historical record to it. It happens in a few ways. One is the passage of laws to prevent um, certain minorities from having access to the ballot box. There were many, many, many murders, hangings, lynchings, uh, and the like that happened, um, unfortunately, to the African-American population largely, but not limited to the South. And, uh, I mean, history is galore with these horrific, <clears throat> absolutely disheartening um, uh, occurrences. And so uh, why would the Republican Party seek to do that, um, to disenfranchise voters of especially, but not only, different ethnicities and minorities? It's because if they do not do that, they feel 
that they would lose. And you know what? They're probably right. But what a low blow to democracy. If the only way one can win is by disenfranchising people from fulfilling their holy American democratic right to vote, you know you've got a problem right here in River City. So uh, to me, that demotes the party in itself immediately. And it should be that in every American's eyes and, in fact, in everyone's eyes in the world. Again, let me just state it. If your only way to win is for fewer people to vote, especially people of minority or ethnic background, uh, we're all from an ethnic background, granted, but uh, that's code for black, Hispanic, Asian, that's basically what it's pointing the finger to, Native American, uh, because this is a, a low-life society in so many ways. So this is what goes on. You just pass laws and rules and regulations and make it very difficult for people, members of those communities to vote. Uh, yes, it, it changes geographically, but that there is any impetus whatsoever is a non patriotic impetus. It's an anti-American impetus. And as far as I'm concerned, it should be framed that way because people can argue until the cows come home about their policies and their issues and their ideologies, blah, blah, blah. But you do not take away their right to vote. And that is in fact what has happened. And this current sitting president uh, uh, was voted in by the Electoral College, not by the popular vote, because of this said disenfranchisement, plus the major and significant role of Russian interference. It's a phrase that has gone viral, and uh, so I'm talking about that a little bit right now. <clears throat> um And I see I have a caller here, and I will gladly tune in to uh, say hello in just a moment. But I want to make this point first, that uh, we are in trouble, my friends, because we have um, an illegitimate president again, the first in recent history, I should say, illegitimate president was G.W. Bush, who did not win, but again, voters suppression and disenfranchisement and bad counting uh, led to that. Now, where are we? How do we restore a sense of integrity into the body politic and into the body economic? Is that possible? So with that question hanging in the balance, let me see if our listener would like to tune in and say anything about that or ask a question. Hello there. Is anybody there? It appeared that you were uh, calling in, but apparently you're not. So listen in, enjoy yourself, and I'll be back on the app. Okay. So, so much for that, listener. Um, coming back, uh, we have a situation where peace has been made horribly unpopular for lots of reasons. It's very popular. 
being at war. It's very lucrative for a handful of corporations. And therefore, war is perpetuated. And we wouldn't need as large a military if there wasn't so much war and conflict in the world. So what does that mean? Even though this is against the heart and soul of people everywhere to war with each other, but to live at peace and peaceably, and in fact with even glee and love in their heart and fun and uh, playfulness in their daily lives. Instead, people are getting shot, they're being dragged from their homes, the women are being raped, kids are being abandoned. I mean, it's, it's, it's a train wreck, as we say. <clears throat> it's, it's so awful what has happened and is happening in Syria, in Yemen, in between Israel and Palestine, in different parts of Africa. I'm not talking about demonstrating. I'm not talking about standing up and protesting, as we've seen across the world through the decades, the years, decades, and centuries. No, 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 that's, that's expression, that's self-expression. There's a true beauty in that. French Revolution and forward and before it. Um, <clears throat> I'm talking about killing, a killing machine, and that is funded and paid for by taxpayers of every single country on the face of the planet. There are a few that do their best to stay out of the fray, Switzerland being one of them, another being New Zealand. Um, the rest have pitifully fallen short of their uh, higher mind, higher heart, and higher goal. So sorry to see this and hear this and know this, but this is the way. And people who say, hey, wait a minute, here's the flag of peace, man. What about that? Remember that idea? Um, are sort of shoo-shooed off stage saying, hey, 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 you know, that's not really in the cards, man. Get off stage. <clears throat> anyway, we're here at A Better World, my friends, to change that conversation. We're really here to try to bring forward another way of thinking and of being and of acting. So that is very much what I'm calling for here today. But I'm also calling for a basis of integrity and principle in all of our life activities, all of them. And then if we are ourselves personally, and then on the level of our relationships and our personal lives, build from the bottom in integrity and living by principle, then all that we do, whether it is business, whether it's the arts, whether it is science, whether it is politics, it all has the air of such principle and integrity. It's pretty straightforward. And yes, it's true. There are all sorts of complicated and complex matters in the world. And these do have to be adjudicated. And one needs to approach these things with a sense of fair play. That is what our judicial system is set up to do. And does it happen often? I don't know if it happens often. I have no way to statistize that. But it happens all too infrequently for sure 
especially in matters of white-collar crime or high political office. So in the United States, we have this utterly bizarre uh, rule, and it's not a law, it's not statute, it's certainly not constitutional. It's in the Department of Justice, and it says that a sitting president cannot be um, indicted. So uh, that means in this fact that president can commit any type of heinous, felonious crime and not be indicted because he's the president. Well, I take profound issue with that, as do many other thinkers and reviewers and critics of uh, not just this administration, of any administration. It's not something that should be on the books. It's unconstitutional by definition. We would not have a country. We would not have a country if we did not um, stand up to monarchy and up to imperialism, even though we've become imperialist. That's a different conversation, but an incredibly relevant one. And uh, so as a result of our fighting the revolutionary war for the right to govern ourselves, to self-govern, Having uh, an imperial president does not stand or sit. And so that, that frivolous rule in the Department of Justice needs to be immediately rescinded, recanted, abolished. And it should have been done, should never been put in place. But the story about how it was put in place, interestingly, was when uh, Spiro Agnew was uh, the vice president under, was it Nixon, I believe, to start with, but he was found to have had a very colorful record. So colorful, he was breaking the law left, right, and sideways. <laughs> he was fraudulent. He was, um, uh, well, let's just leave it at that. He was breaking the law, whether it was money laundering or something of that ilk, and there was no way he could be staying in office. However, uh, the laws were such that it was going to be difficult to remove him easily and smoothly. So the Department of Justice um, came up with a plan. And part of the plan was to say that vice presidents can be indicted, and then more or less they flipped a coin about whether presidents can also be indicted, sitting presidents. And the coin flipped on this way instead of that way, and they said a vice president can be, but a president cannot be. There was no ethics behind it. There were no uh, constitutional uh, reasoning and logic behind it. There was no statutory uh, logic behind it. There was clearly no moral compass and thought about it, uh, but it happened, and it was put as a rule. A rule can be changed. A rule doesn't even have to be voted on. It has to just be uh, discussed and decided upon internal to the Department of Justice. They do not have to consult Congress. Uh, so this ridiculous, and as I say, unconstitutional and utterly unethical rule stands. Otherwise, I think this president would have been carted off in handcuffs quite a long 
time ago as he deserves. Why does he deserve? Well, good question. There are many, many incidents um, where he has broken the law. Some of them are misdemeanors and some are felonies. Lying to Congress, obstruction of justice, um, seeking to uh, seeking power as a king is utterly against the rule of law. And he has made every single effort to control and <clears throat> rule without consulting Congress. So many executive orders and his moral compass is not in keeping with what has been the moral effort, I will say, of this nation for centuries. He is contrary to it, and that shows itself up in the um, immigration issue, in the ban against Muslims. This is completely unheard of. Uh, in rulings that he has made, in executive orders, in lying to the American public from the day of his inauguration, lying directly to the public. Um, this is a serious, serious <laughs> uh, moral crime. And it has been going literally every week, maybe even every day since. He even, it is said, lies in playing golf. And uh, someone wrote a book about it, who guy who played golf with. So you have to take a look at character. <clears throat> now, no one is all bad. No one is all good. Let's be honest. None of us is that. We are all wholly imperfect. Some set out to do uh, – who are just interested in self-interest. They will do anything and everything for a buck or for power. And that's what I think we see right now in the White House. We don't see someone who is there to serve the American people. He's made it quite clear. He has divided the American people. He hollers at the Democrats. He doesn't like people from certain states that didn't vote for him. They are called never-Trumpers. I mean, it, it, it goes on and on and on the insult that a president is heaping upon his own people. I mean – it's madness, and that's what I was saying when I said it's horribly disrespectful and undignified, and it goes on and on, and it has become to some extent the new normal. But I'm saying that we have to roll this clock back so we don't have this madness dominating our society. Our society has enough problems with lies, with deception, <laughs> corruption, and the like. Emollients is a whole other area where we've never seen anything like this before, pushing every single boundary, <clears throat> making money hand over fist in his own hotel right in Washington, D.C., where people pay to stay so they can get um, benefit from the president. Um, it, it's just – it's absolutely why. These laws in the Constitution, these tenets, these articles were put in place to keep this exact behavior from happening. But, you know, the Democrats don't have much spine. It took them all this time to get around to the subject of impeachment. Um, 
I thought they should have gone for the 25th Amendment, unfit for the presidency. Um, I think they should have gone to rescind the DOJ law uh, rule. So sorry about about um, the uh, sitting president not being able to be indicted. He has hired a an attorney general who is doing his bidding. It is so blatantly obvious that it's embarrassing and should be held held in contempt. He, his the Democrats should be demanding his resignation. It's an embarrassment. Um, and it goes all the way up to the Supreme Court, unfortunately. Um, and this is what we're dealing with. I mean, we're dealing with what is called a, you know, uh, pardon the expression, my friends, but a third world country. And that often, you know, connotes um, a level of corruption that the Western nations, the so-called developed nations should be far beyond, but we are not. We are not far beyond at all. We just do it in a more, you know, uh, a subtler way, um, but it is there in spades. So I want to say, um, now that I've said all of that, that there is a way out, and I think it's a personal thing with something that <clears throat> we uh, want to consider wherein our own sense of self, our own sense of moral compass, our own sense of purpose in the world can be our guiding light. And I guess I personally believe that if people live a life of, of, of freedom, of compassion, of recognizing that we're all being programmed and very, very heavily programmed by media and uh, by even government policy, <laughs> um, we're deeply in trouble. Social media has become a problem of immense proportion while being a wonderful venue for people to get together and do remarkable things together. So by no means do I paint anything all black, but I am calling for a readjustment and a reprioritization of values. And what that means is people and planet before profit, just as the Green Party has been saying for decades and has a better world. People and planet before profit. And if you live by that and the energy of that, the supposition, the value statement of that, and <clears throat> things begin to change. It begins to change in the world of health and wellness and medicine and so-called healthcare, and it changes in our relationship to our earth, to our planet, to our environment, to the way we use the earth's resources <clears throat> that are gifts to be cherished and used wisely and with love and um, sacredly instead of the way we do it, which is for raw profit. And uh, profit can oftentimes lead to power. These are problems. And this is where we as a humanity, as a species, has largely gone wrong. Now, has everyone gone wrong? No, not everyone. Everyone's a, lot, a large number at this point, some 7 billion or so people, just about. Uh, 
So no, 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 not everybody's gone wrong, but there's a small percentage of people who have gone very, very wrong. And then there are others that have gone very wrong, and there are others that have gone wrong. And there are others who are sort of in the middle somewhere. <laughs> Pardon the subjective languaging of the issue. But uh, uh, if we can find, as I was talking about, the integrity at base of our being and principles by which to live that are that are common sense, that are spiritual in quality, meaning they have a higher, more refined nature to them. Uh, if it calls upon our heart and our love of our own species and beyond that, sentient life overall, then we're starting to wake up to reality. This is what reality really is instead of the crazy fictitious system we have set up that is bereft of maintaining and sustaining these values in the marketplace, in government, or in the sciences, or arts for that matter. It's because at root, nothing is about the thing itself, the government the economy, the sciences. It's not about the field. Like people say, oh, real estate. Oh, the people there are so fill in the blank. Well, you could take any field and say the same darn thing because the issue isn't with the field. The field is just the field. The issue is with humans populating any given field. And we are the hazardous ones. We're the ones that are jeopardizing the life of all beings on the planet, not them, us. Is there a level of war in life? Is there a competitiveness? Yes, there is. Of course. There are bacteria in our gut that are doing everything they can simply to survive. And sometimes that means eating away at part of our colon. Parasites do this any number of different microbes. There is war going on inside our body and out in nature. One species, one uh, animal will eat another. So I'm not trying to say everything is uh, peaches and cream, my friends. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. That's not it. There is a level of war, but we as humans can negotiate, moderate, modulate this war in some much more elegant ways, I believe, and be in accordance with nature as Lao Tzu was, was proclaiming, oh, some, you know, 2,000 or so years ago. I think we have much to learn from ancient wisdom about how to live in harmony with nature. That doesn't mean we don't eat nature. Of course we eat nature, as we are, in fact, being eaten. That is our survival. But there are ways that, at least among our own species members that things could go much more smoothly so uh, I want to just thank you all for listening I hope you can resonate with some of these thoughts and bring them into your own lives and take a look at how we are all in our relationships with ourselves and with others do we stand in integrity? Are we honest? Are we honorable? Are we dignified? Or do we listen? Do we know how to listen? 
to sort of self-vacate in a way or remain centered if that's a better image for you and stay present to what's coming our way, what someone has to share and be in concert with them, be in affinity, be in resonance. That's beautiful. That's an expression of great love, quite honestly. And if we can do that with each other and listen and cheerlead, whoever thought that cheerleading would be such a dignified role, but in fact it is. Coaching, cheerleading, supporting, loving, encouraging. Life is so challenging. And it is up to others to around us to help support us emotionally, energetically, spiritually, and us, them. And I believe that if we have that kind of attitude and the neuroscience shows us that cooperation is what has led to the survival of our species, not the notion of survival of the fittest, but cooperation, which leads to um, bonding, which leads to the release of oxytocin, which facilitates greater love, which facilitates greater love making. And before you know it, you have a uh, prolific, productive, procreative community. Uh, people are laughing a lot more because they're getting along, because they're cooperating, because they all love each other. I mean, is that not a wonderful winning scenario, a win-win scenario? Of course it is. And we do have brilliant, beautiful examples of this kind of energy showing up in business and in some government on some levels, usually more locally. And uh, this is the window of opportunity we have when the chips are down, when corruption is rampant. We can, on our own, take the right steps towards building the kind of world that we could say this is a better world. We feel good about waking up every day and contributing to this world. And oh my God, geologically, um, ecosystemically, we have made a mess. We are just on the verge of ecosystem collapse. Do something, put on the brakes. And we can collectively and cooperatively and collaboratively take real measures to bring forward more wind turbine technology, more geothermal technology, more solar technology, more tidal technology. We've got the technologies. We've got the know-how. We understand a lot more about regenerative agriculture. We understand the dangers of monocropping and glyphosate and pesticides, insecticides, and herbicides. We have answers to these things, my friends. We have real, true, concrete answers. So why wait? That's what I say. Why wait? Let's implement them. And we will create jobs galore. Just galore. Wouldn't that be wonderful? And the entire economic floor can rise. And wealth distribution will occur 
So the 1% that owns 50% of everything will change and people will have. Now, when I talk about wealth distribution, I'm not talking about just greater buying potential and consumerism. No, 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 no. Having money doesn't mean that you just go out and buy more and buy junk. It's the ability to self-sustain and to save and to be creative with your money and to help others and charities. And I'm big on social entrepreneurism and get different uh, companies set up or benefit corporations or nonprofits that will be of service in different ways to the larger human community. Uh, and not just to, also to the non-human community, the sentient life altogether. There's just much to do, and I'm calling upon each of you, I say each of you, to be part of the solution. So as part of that solution, please go to abetterworld.tv, sign up for our newsletter, be part of the solution. And if you need some coaching and help and cheerleading and um, energy balancing, we have that available too. Uh, visit that same website, click around, email me at mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr at abetterworld.net. Plus, I love hearing from you and uh, suggestions for shows. We do promotions to our show, as you know. And I do individual sessions, couple sessions, family sessions with people around the globe because of the wonderful breakthroughs in technology such as Skype, such as Zoom, and the like. So uh, <clears throat> geography is no longer a barrier. Only willingness is. We also have a program called the Harmonic Energetic Balancing Program, which allows people to uh, receive the energy balancing from anywhere on the world. We just need your name, some birth data, and your photograph, and plus payment, of course. Remember, we're a nonprofit 501c3, so any service of ours that we offer to you is tax-deductible. Plus, we also ask the public to donate if they can to us as well. And same email address for that, reach me directly at mjr at abetterworld.net, mjr at abetterworld.net. And visit our other website, my coaching website, www.mitchellrabin.com, M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L, R-A-B, as in brilliant, I-N dot com. And pretty soon we will have productsforabetterworld.com. It is in motion. On that note, I am looking for um, some web help, and it can be paid for. We have a limited budget, but we have some. And we would engage anyone listening who would be interested in contacting me about that, uh, as well as help as an intern for our social media. So please get back in touch. Look forward to hearing from you. This is Mitchell J. Rabin for A Better World. Thanks so much for listening. If you take issue, please call me, 212-420-0800, or email me and visit us on our website. Facebook, 
A Better World Media on Facebook as well, and Twitter and Tumblr and Instagram. So on that note, thanks so much for tuning in today, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.